As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to One True Pod, the Athletics Big 12 podcast. Uh, we are dealing with some 2020 issues this week on the pod. Uh, we are missing Jason. Uh, he is in Oklahoma City dealing with an ice storm that has, uh, you know, screwed up his ability to have things like uh, power and heat and internet access. So, are, look, you got to have a depth storms, chart. Are ice storms unique to 2020? Uh, you know, what... That's how the year is, man. You got to brace for everything, right? So we got to you got to keep a depth chart. And uh, in this case, I, I called on our dear friend Andy Staples uh, from the Athletic uh, to to join and pretend to be Jason this week. Now, Andy, you've got a lot more hair than Jason, so I'm not going to ask you to go for like the full, uh, you know, the, the the full acting performance here of a Jason Kersey. But I appreciate you joining us. Isn't it Jason Kersey? Didn't we learn that? Did I just say his name wrong? I man. think you did. Let's just disrespect not, him throughout this podcast it's since not, he can't it's do not, anything to stop us. It's not like he corrected us. He, he waited like 12 years after all of us knew him to correct us on the pronunciation of his name. You're saying it's, it's Kersey? Sort of like, it's Kersey like Jersey. Like Jersey. Yeah. It's sort of like, remember when, when Monty Ball played at Wisconsin and then yep. all of a sudden he decided he was Monte Ball? It's sort of like that. It's hard for me and it's like hard to keep up with all the the... Garantano, Garantanos. I mean, sometimes when people change it up on you, it's uh, it's pretty surprising. Yeah, Robert Tunyon, he did that. He did that recently for the Packers. I, it's it's well, tough. So this is yeah. really Jason's fault. That's not me. Uh, I I I shouldn't have to know all the pronunciations of his name. You should. There should be one. And when you mispronounce it the first time, he should have corrected you instead of waiting a decade to do it. That's, that's true. That's the thing. Because I'll. Uh, you know, you ask players sometimes, you know, how do you how do you spell your name? How do you pronounce your name? Because you, you just want to make sure you get it right. And they'll say, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm like, no, 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 it does matter. <laughs> like, it mattered to your mom when, you, when she gave you that name. So even if it doesn't matter to you, it matters to somebody. So you got to tell me how, how, it's, how it's supposed to be said. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, we, we strive for accuracy here, and I'm, uh, I'm off to a bad start. Uh, Andy, appreciate you joining. Um, how are you doing today? I am. Uh, I'm good. It's, it's a really... Interesting day in college football because, you know, while this is a Big 12 podcast, 
mm-hmm. all of the conferences are interconnected. The Big 12, obviously, is is probably the pivot league for this year, for 2020, because the Big 12 deciding to play sort of gave everybody else the cover to go Correct. and play. Correct. And they, they were the last one on August 11th to make a decision, and that decision was to play. And I think that's kind of the reason there's a football season going on right now. But the Big 10 screwed everything up at the beginning and then decided to come back because they realized, oh, wait, these other leagues are actually putting on a football season. We look stupid. And But because they're the Big 10 and they have to try to act like they're better people than everyone else, they <laughs> came up with more stringent protocols than anyone else. And also to to make it even more difficult, just to just to bump up the, the level of difficulty, they decided they were going to squeeze everything into eight weeks with no wiggle room whatsoever. No so now, room. now you have no Wisconsin-Nebraska game and no hope of ever making it up. We'll we'll never find out whether Wisconsin or Nebraska was the better team in the West this year. It's it's tough to tough to assess. I, you know, I, I can't <laughs> imagine which one it might be. But it is you're right. It is such a glaring example of you know we've talked on this podcast. We've talked for months about the value of having bye weeks and scheduling flexibility. And look, uh, I, I, it's great that the Big Ten and the Pac-12, um, you know, f- were able to set up daily testing. But that's not the same thing as a vaccine. It's just not. And so you have to. Uh, you have to understand this. There's still going to be more waves of this, and, and we're in one right now, certainly. And I, I think you're right that the bottom line, you have to focus on, while there's going to be finger pointing here this week about the Big Ten deal, you, you have to look at the, the fact that they just didn't get their, their their shit together, quite honestly. You know, it, it just took so many weeks for them to say, wait, we can do this. Okay, well, wait, now we have to have a preseason. What date can we pick that we can come back? And all of that wasted time. You know, if you start on at the same time as the SEC, then then suddenly you can have the schedule that you're comfortable with that still gets the inventory you need. Well, what's what's the lesson here? Get it right the first time. Yeah. And don't let trying to virtue signal outweigh what you are trying to do. And and the idea was to play a football season. Now, I think they thought because they're the Big Ten, once they postponed, everybody else would. And Correct. they did. And the Pac-12 they, they said, okay, yep, okay, sounds good, we'll yeah, do that. Yeah, whatever you say, but, but they did not realize they were not, in the eyes of the other leagues, the leaders and legends that they thought they were. So everybody else went on with their business, and the Big 12 is successfully having a football season. There have been hiccups along the way. For sure. And the SEC has had hiccups. The ACC has had hiccups. But they also gave themselves wiggle room where – you're going to see most of those games get played. The SEC, it's getting a little dicey. Now, if Florida can play Missouri this week, I think they're, they're still okay, and they still probably can get all the games in. Uh, if, if Florida were to lose another game, because they've already had two moved, uh, then, it, then it becomes a little bit tricky. But, you know, uh, with everybody else, and, and the Big 12, especially because it gave itself the most time, right? it does seem like they're, they're okay now. I mean, they're, they're going to be issues... I, I can't imagine they'll go through the rest of the season without one Big 12 team having another set of issues. But the thing is, they've got stuff in place to deal with it. Well, you know, look, I, th- I think anyone who paid attention to what's going on in the NFL would, would have to say, oh, wow, look at how they're rearranging their schedules like crazy. Don't you think the Pac-12 and Big 10 are going to have to deal with that? And now here we are. But you know what, Andrew, you, you got to try and do here. Got to think neutrally, right? Absolutely. Well, that's the way to do it. But the thing about the Big Ten is they've they've pretty much said if you can't do it, the game's a no contest. It's not happening. So 
that's just that's just how it's going to go. And and meanwhile, everybody else is going to try to get in as many games as they can. You know, the Big Twelve, they were going to try to play the whole twelve game season, and and given the window they gave themselves, they probably could have pulled it off for most of these teams. Yeah, I mean the the folks who are saying, can we do a nine plus plus maybe three? Um, you know, ultimately, I think there were only there were really only a couple of Big Twelve teams that couldn't play non conference games. They maybe they could have could have fit more in. But listen, UMass stands ready to play you anytime, <laughs> anywhere. If you need a non conference game, they're waiting they are by the ready phone right now. They're waiting by the phone. You can probably probably get like a two for one deal too. You probably get a pretty good deal on the uh, the guarantee there. Well, let's uh, let's let's talk about the Big Twelve. Um, you know, coming off last weekend, I think the biggest biggest game the biggest thing that we have to look at going forward here is just Oklahoma State um their their defense stepped up once again uh to beat Iowa State um in a, in a pretty tight pretty pretty fun competitive game we thought it'd be kind of low scoring and it was um Oklahoma State does look a little bit beatable but they're they're legit best third down defense in the country very experienced group playing with a ton of confidence at all three levels and um Spencer Sanders was about as good as you could hope for in returning from from the ankle injury there and and you know they they got all the key stops in the second half. And, you know, Mike Gundy has stayed pretty cautiously optimistic about this team. Andy, where are you at with the the pokes? And I, I guess how seriously do you take them? Well, they feel like the best team in the Big 12 right now. They feel like the most complete team in the Big 12 right now. And I thought Sanders coming back and playing well against Iowa State was a was a really big deal because yeah. you, you didn't know how that was going to go. He hadn't had a lot of a lot of reps this season, and he's playing against a team that's 3-0 in the league. That the the way he kind of seamlessly reintegrated himself in the offense is fantastic because this is the kind of year where you need as much as you can get. And Oklahoma State now has the luxury of knowing there are two quarterbacks on that roster that can move the ball if they need them to. So if anything were to happen to Sanders, Illingworth is there. They can they can keep going. And I, I think the defense helps a lot. And you know, we've, we've talked a little bit, you and I have, about the new Big 12. You know, the SEC yeah. is sort of going through what the Big 12 went through several years ago right now, where the offenses are, are very far ahead of the defenses. But the defenses of the Big 12 have been dealing with these offenses forever. And let's be honest, some of the offenses are changing a little bit, too. So I think the the way Oklahoma State's defense has evolved really gives them the best chance of anybody. And, I mean, if they can win this game in Bedlam – they're going to win the league, I would think, or they're they're going to play for the league title. Yeah, I don't I don't know if there's any way they don't, you know, given what the the, the advantage they'd have and the tiebreakers they'd have at that point. So they play for the league title, but we're talking college football playoff. Can can this team run the table or or go you know nine and one and and play for the what well, would be ten and one with the championship right. game, but and play in the college football playoff? And yeah, if they keep this up, absolutely, you know. If you if you drop one to say Oklahoma along the way, or, or you know, and and but then beat them in the in the Big Twelve title game, I think they'd be considered for the for the playoff. I I think they Clemson you know is probably going to get in unless something crazy happens. Sure. And then the SEC champ, but you know a, a one loss Big Twelve champ that didn't lose to a Sun Belt team, and that's Oklahoma State or no one, is the best shot. And I do think, especially the way they're constructed, I feel like they have a very good chance of doing this. It's interesting this game, though, Max, because you know this is this is one of those Texas got back on the horse, beat Baylor last week. They they kind of needed that after all the the issues they'd had on the field and off the field for sure. But 
if Texas goes and loses to Oklahoma State, which Vegas says they should, common sense says they should, that will still cause more existential angst in Austin. That's what's amazing to me. This is a game they're supposed to lose, and everyone will go nuts if they lose it. Yeah, that's a that's a guarantee. Um, you know, definitely a must win for Texas against Baylor. They got the job done. I think the thing that scares you a little bit with them still is that you know they're up twenty seven to three in that game, and then they let a fourth quarter rally happen. But they own the second and third quarter. There's been a lot of scrutiny this week on the run game within the three man rotation. There, I think they're going to keep doing it. Um, they're still number two in the Big Twelve. Um, in yards per carry at the moment. They just haven't been very, just as a team from quarter to quarter, just haven't been, they've been scrappy, but they haven't been very consistent. So I, yeah, there's going to be, this is the get back in the race game for Texas. Um, as, as, a, well, as a two We always talk about 12. how the, the Big 12 needs Texas to be good. The Big 12 needs Texas to be good some other week. <laughs> they need Texas to be terrible this week because they need Oklahoma State to keep winning. And, you know, the, the thing about this is the talent differentials, you know, Texas is probably based on recruiting rankings, the more talented team by far. Uh, Oklahoma will be, too, when they play. Yeah. So it doesn't matter who's quote unquote better on a on a given day. If you have the more talented roster, you have a chance. And that's that's where Texas sits right now. If they, if they play a little bit better than they played against Baylor, if offensively they look like they looked against well, basically everybody else, they're going to be fine in, in this game. They're going to, this is going to be a really competitive game. It could go down to the wire. Yep. And the big 12 does not need that right now. No, no doubt. Um, the last few uh, Texas Oklahoma state games, um, have been really competitive. Texas, uh, pulled it out in Austin last year, um, early in the season. You know, you've got the, uh, Jim Knowles versus Mike Yersich matchup this week, which I think is pretty fun. Uh, they both have a pretty good sense from being coworkers of what the other guy wants to do. Um, certainly Yersich knows the personnel at Oklahoma State because those guys have been there for so long now, uh, those those veteran starters that they have on defense. So there's kind of a, a give and take to that chess match there. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what wrinkles Texas has because um, that, that always felt like the difference these last couple of years, uh, especially when Texas would go against Yersich, is they always had a couple of things Texas just wasn't ready for. Well, the other thing is I, I don't worry about Texas showing up in games like this. Texas's problem over the last decade or so has been not showing up in the games that they should easily win. Right. They're always sh- up for the games that are going to be tough. It's just that th- this, this is a case where, uh, you know, I just – I feel like their backs are against the wall a little bit, and Oklahoma State, they're not. I mean, th- they do have some wiggle room in terms of winning the Big 12 title, but – if you're Oklahoma State, you have a very special opportunity here, and you need to keep winning because I, I really think – I mean, going undefeated, they're in. There's, they're in the playoff if they're undefeated. Right. But the one loss thing is, is the trickier part. It's who'd you lose to, how'd you lose it, all that. Win a game like and this. We, Le- and leave we, yourself man, some we have room. no idea how this committee deal is going to work with the number of games you played versus how many games – Ohio State or the Pac-12 champ played. You just have no idea how that stuff's going to get interpreted. So you don't have that much room for error. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. We we really don't know because they're basing this basically off conference reputations from that were established over the last few years. And the Big 12's reputation is their team that makes the playoff gets beat in the playoff every year. Now, Oklahoma, you know, probably should have won that Rose Bowl. They were they were definitely <laughs> 
in it against Georgia yes, and, and double overtime game. Oh, I still but, believe they would have won it all if they get past that. They would have beat Jalen oh, Hurts I agree. Alabama. Because Tua, Tua never comes into the game. Correct. Because Alabama scored some points. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it's a it's a crazy situation because it's not fair to anybody in any league that they're going to do it this way. Because what choice do the committee members have except to kind of try to establish some sort of conference reputation when you have no real data points between any of the conferences like think about think about the games we were supposed to get this year you're supposed to get Alabama USC you're supposed to get Ohio State Oregon so there would have been some crossover there would have Mm -hmm. been a little bit of data to help give you some idea there is none other than you know the joke I always make about the the Coastal Carolina Louisiana Lafayette game was the Big 12 championship game because those teams (laughs) both beat Big 12 teams but but that's the thing those those are three fairly unique circumstances. The the three games that Big Twelve teams lost to the Sun Belt, they, they don't really tell any any of the story. I don't think so. That's the problem that that the Big Twelve has and that the the Pac Twelve has because the reputation that was already established is not great. I, like I would SEC say the Coastal Kansas the game one. did was representative of Coastal being a lot better than Kansas. I I would agree with that too. Uh, go go Beach Chickens. That's right. Apparently, um, I, I mispronounced Chanticleers. Chanticleers. That's right. Uh, you know, yeah, it's hard. It, it, the The fact that Kansas State and Iowa State have looked so different since those games, and then these other leagues aren't playing non conference games, you do wonder how much that ultimately gets held against not only those teams, but uh, but the conference in general. Because you're right, there is going to be that perception debate, and there hasn't really been that respect for the Big Twelve uh, at any point since the the playoff started. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Now let me let me throw this at you. This is this will be wildly unpopular when I go on football and grits with uh, with David Oven our right, SEC podcast. But because the Big Twelve defenses have been dealing with offenses like this for so long, I bet they would fare a little better against some of these good SEC offenses right now, just schematically, because they've dealt with them. Yeah, I you know that that's the hard thing is that. Oklahoma continues to be the Big 12 representative in the playoff and and they get there because of their phenomenal offense and they just haven't gotten where they need to be at all on defense in those games, right? And so No, you need like Kansas State to make it right. so that they and can you know, play defense against these teams. For sure. And so Kansas State and Iowa State and you know, you know, now West Virginia and several teams in this league, they want to win now in this in this conference. They want to win by playing defense and running the ball. So you do kind of come full circle in this conference, and if one of those teams, uh, you know, did and look, Oklahoma State can certainly do that too. They can air it out, and they still have that 
that ability with Tylen Wallace and Spencer Sanders, but they've got two really good backs and they've got a really, really good defense that they're going to play to. And you saw that uh, against the Cyclones. So yeah, if one of those teams that has the strong defense and Oklahoma State could be it, um, can make it that far. Like I, I remember talking a couple of years ago with Gary Patterson and af- after uh, in doing one of the state of the programs and, and he, he brought up Jim Knowles at Oklahoma State and said, you know, I didn't I know it didn't work for him as much in year one, but I see what he's doing. Like it's going to work like they've he, he could tell what they were building. It's an adjustment coming over from Duke to, to Oklahoma State and right. what it takes. But um, what they've got there with so many guys they've developed who are three star dudes, but have got some upside. Um, I think they're definitely playing the kind of defense that can adjust to, uh, you know, what. I'm not saying they're better than Bama and Clemson, but they can adjust to what an Alabama wants to do now offensively. Well, well, and that's that's the thing that's important. I've been saying this a lot in in the context of the SEC with with Georgia trying to get on the same level as Alabama. The reason Alabama is so good and Ohio State's so good and Clemson's so good is they can beat you however you want to play them. You can play them a variety of ways, and they'll beat you the way you want to play them. There aren't a lot of teams that can do that. Oklahoma State, though, with the really good defense, with a run game that can control the clock, but also with a quarterback and receiver, you know, they have a good quarterback, they have an elite receiver, and then they have other good receivers. Yeah, They can beat you in a variety of ways. And that's not something we've seen out of the Big 12 lately. No, and... Look, you remember back to last year, Andy, like what, what is Clemson doing against Ohio State in the playoff? They're running uh, stuff that they borrowed from John Haycock and Iowa State, you know, and in rushing three and dropping eight and trying to create a lot of confusion about where the blitz is coming from. And so I think we've seen some of the scheme stuff, some of the scheme piece that these teams have borrowed can definitely work at that really high level. It just takes putting a complete team together. When you talk with Mike Gundy about what, it, what when I asked him this summer, what is it going to take for this team to play up to the potential? He said, as long as we stay healthy, I think we got a shot. And, you know, look, so far that's been the case for Oklahoma State. They haven't had those devastating losses. You got Sanders back now. Um, now it's a matter of, of, you know, staying in good shape and, and avoiding, you know, unavailable players and all that and, and trying to string this together. But, this has started better than they, especially with where Oklahoma's at. This has started better than they ever could have hoped. Yeah, well, and they they just are built very well for this sort of thing. I mean, for for playing this sort of irregular schedule. And but I think we also should give credit where credits due. If Illingworth doesn't step up in that Tulsa game, yeah, this season may look completely different because maybe maybe they don't get to the point where they're still undefeated when they're they have Spencer Sanders back and they're playing Iowa state because I think if they lose to Tulsa, we, we look at this completely differently and they, oh, they were I mean, going to lose they, that game. If they'd left um, Ethan Bullock in the game, the rest of the way against Tulsa, the way he was playing against them, they would have lost that game. Yeah. So, so benching him for Illingworth, the freshman who'd, you know, been in contact tracing and disappeared for two weeks. Um, you're right. <laughs> now that looks like a, uh, a game saving and, and maybe kind of their, resume their, saving, you know, move. Y- he could be their Chase Bryce. Remember Chase Bryce came right. in against Syracuse for Clemson in 2018, saved their bacon because they would have lost that game and they would not have, they would, wouldn't have even won their division that year. Right. So they wouldn't have made the playoff. So it, it's a, it's a crazy sport. This is why we love it, but it is a crazy sport because sometimes it takes a third string quarterback who has, has been in contact racing and hasn't practiced in a couple of weeks to come in and save your butt. Yeah. And look, that, that's where I think, I think that's just where we're at with this sport right now, too, where you watch Alabama and Clemson play. You watch that first game from Ohio State. You say, okay, we know what they're going to be every week, pretty much. 
um, for pretty much every other team in the country, you just don't really know from week to week what you're getting, if the previous result means anything for the next one. Um, Oklahoma State has been consistent so far, but look, we've seen We've seen. I think Oklahoma's going to catch up and and be well, in this conversation I, I again. We, you know, we, we've not talked much about Oklahoma. We but haven't. Oklahoma's defense looked a lot better last week. They did. They did. And and you know the runs coming from Oklahoma. It, it happens every year. It usually happens after one loss. Maybe now that it'll happen after two losses. Um, but I, I you wondered if the the Red River win was going to you know set them up as a springboard. I think you saw that a little a little bit against TCU. Part of that's just where TCU's at, though, too. And I tweeted this after yeah. the game, but you know TCU's now won eight of their last 22 Big 12 games since 2018. Uh, they've been held under 28 points on offense uh, in 13 of those 14 games. And Andy, you remember when they were averaging 44 points a game with Boykin and Dotson. Yeah. It's been a real struggle uh, to get back to that level of production now. And uh, you know, I, I didn't think it'd be possible for, for TCU to have a third straight mediocre season, but... Um, if they don't beat Baylor this week, like you drop to one and four, this is not going to be a winning season, even with some easier games ahead. Well, that's the thing. We, we looked at that win against Texas and we just assumed, okay, they're going to be fine. Right. They're not fine. And, and that probably speaks very poorly of Texas as well. But yeah. But, you, but you how did they win wonder. that? That's on a fumble at the goal line at the end, right? <laughs> right. I mean, that, that exactly. could easily be. And and then you, you also don't play SMU, right? So this is a mm-hmm. team that uh, yeah, very is not that far that off game. from 0 and 5. Yeah. And, so at that point, you start to wonder, you know, has Gary P lost his edge or does he need to make more wholesale changes? Because remember, he worked pretty quickly when he got into the Big 12, when he realized the way he won in the Mountain West wasn't going to work and he changed the offense around. I, I think it was it was probably good fortune that Boykin winds up being the guy. Sure. Because, I mean, they'd moved him to running back. I mean, they they that wasn't really the plan, no. but it worked out that way. Now he's got a he's he's kind of at another crossroads. I think if if this season goes badly, where look they're not going to fire him. He's Gary Patterson. He built that place, but he's got to figure out: Do I need to make more fundamental schematic changes, or you know, do I do I do something different? Do I keep doing this? Do I try to recruit different players? There will be soul searching in Fort Worth. Yeah, I think that's I think that's hundred percent right. And I, you know, I just think, look, I know this season's unprecedented in, in a lot of ways. Obviously, the Max Duggan situation affects how they started. Uh, you know, I totally get that there's some sort of baked in excuses here, but boy, it's um, it was a pretty pretty easy route for OU. And yeah, you know, coming back to them, I, I think I think that they're I think it's coming. I think <laughs> we this is we've. Not heard the last of Oklahoma. Um, you mentioned Bedlam as being that maybe that big crossroads game for the Big Twelve. I think that's well, still you know, the, the case. Team, the, the best team always wins Bedlam. It, it's certainly not lopsided in favor of one program, seemingly no matter what. <laughs> and that's you know that's like sort of a psychological hurdle, right? I mean that that if if Oklahoma State can get past Texas, um, and then we we circle OU as that big game now um, that decides it all for them. I mean, you think about what that I mean what that would mean if they got over on OU finally. I think it'd be pretty hard to stop them from that point forward. Yeah, well, I mean, they've done it before. Like in 2011, they were a lot better than Oklahoma, and they beat them. But you know, this is one where th- not since Lincoln Riley showed up, though. Right, and I don't think Oklahoma State is a lot better than Oklahoma right, right. now. I think they're better, but I don't know that they're a lot better. 
And that's where the psychology of that game comes in. We throw out the record. But the problem is you can't throw out the record books because the records say that Oklahoma wins it even, even when they probably shouldn't. So that's where that's where that's gonna get interesting. But here's the thing: you can go into that game playing with house money if you beat Texas this week. Exactly. Exactly. And that's where you look at the race right now. And look, Iowa State losing to Oklahoma State doesn't knock them out of it. K-State's got some really tough games ahead, and there's going to be some probably some losses ahead. We're going to talk about that game this week when we get to the picks because that spread tells me uh, Vegas knows something. Vegas is up to something there for sure. Um, So, yes, uh, with what we've seen so far, there's going to be more losses for these teams that are actually in the race. And so Oklahoma can't really afford one. Texas absolutely can't afford one. Oklahoma State can. um, And maybe, you know, this week if they lose to Texas in a close game – you wouldn't say they're out of it. I don't even know that you'd drop them that far. I, I don't top think a one-loss Big Twelve champ is out of it if the loss is to a non-Sun Belt team. If that makes sense. Say that again. I don't think a one-loss Big Twelve champ is out of the playoff mix I as agree. long as the one loss did not come to a Sun Belt team. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. Now that Iowa State has lost uh, a Big Twelve game, yeah, I, I, I think that's I think that's spot on. If they'd run the table. And and you got that one loss to Louisiana. I maybe you can explain that a little bit. But K K State's the other one in in that mix now. So if if K State can keep winning, that's a question you have to answer. But the thing is, K State has to play Oklahoma State. So we'll we'll get all that figured out. They've still got them some really big ones ahead. I do want to mention before we kind of move on to this week's games. That was a really big win for Matt Wells and Texas Tech in in beating uh, West Virginia at home under Wells. Uh, they've now been in ten games decided by ten points or less. They're they're now three and seven in them. They're figuring out how to get it done in these type ball games. Uh, really important to that staff. And you know, in that one tie game comes down to to Zach McPherson's uh, fumble return for touchdown, and then getting two more stops. So uh, they yeah, really Texas needed Tech that one. Winning with defense that's such a such a strange thing. What to a wild world about. we're living in here. Um, so that was huge for them. West Virginia, obviously a tough schedule ahead here. Uh, that that was. I mean, their schedule's really backloaded. So. That's a bit of a setback for a team that was off to a really good start in Big 12 play. So I wanted to mention that. Uh, kudos to Texas Tech. Uh, and then, you know, K-State uh, whooped Kansas. Kansas has just not looked like a, a Big 12-level team at all this year. Uh, I don't know that you that's and I, You and I talked about it when they went to West Virginia. When it came out that Les Miles wasn't going and Vegas adjusted the line so that it thought Kansas would lose by less – Without less, then you were told all you needed to know. Mildly concerning, yes. And then, yeah, you know, Jeff, in a game Jeff against Long's K-State. message has been delivered. Well, and then it's like, all right, well, this week, let's let's give them two punt return touchdowns and a pick six and see if we can beat them. You know, that's just not going to happen. So, uh, lots to – Kansas is just nowhere close. And, and I don't know that things are going to improve there. I, I, it's looking like a winless season here. Um, but, boy, that's uh, that's brutal. Then again, you know, you kind of need those built-in bye weeks during the season, right, Andy? Uh, that's what uh, the members of the SEC East will tell you about Vanderbilt. That's why the, the members of the SEC West are, are lamenting the improvement of Arkansas because now that, that game's <laughs> tough, it's not an automatic win. I know now, and M fans this week are sweating a tiny bit, you know? That's an interesting one now. Um, okay, let's move on to this week. We talked about Oklahoma State and, and Texas a bunch. Um you mentioned it, okay? K-State is going to Morgantown. And I don't totally get this, but K-State is a three-and-a-half-point underdog at the moment in, in taking on the Mountaineers. What do you think of that? 
Well, I, I think it's it's a no Skylar Thompson playing as a team that has been very good on defense all year. Now, the, the question on the defense thing is, has West Virginia been good on defense because they've been really good on defense, or is that a function of who they played? But remember, they did play Oklahoma State. They gave mm-hmm. up 27 points. Now, Illingworth was, was in that game, but again, we've seen that Illingworth can move the ball. And I don't think a lot of teams are going to hold Oklahoma State under 30 this year. You know Exactly. So what does that mean? Now, does Deuce get loose? Maybe he does, but I think without Skylar Thompson, it, it, it is a little bit, it, it's a little less dynamic. And I think the problem is when you're not, when you're less dynamic and you're playing a, a good defense, they can, they can take down your one good dimension. It's when you have a couple of good dimensions that, that you can give them trouble. So I think that's what Vegas is saying is we think this is going to be a low scoring game. And if somebody makes a mistake, it could be extremely costly, especially if it's K-State throwing, let's say, a, an interception that sets up West Virginia in the red zone or a pick six. Yeah, I, I think that uh, there's probably a perception deal there that people just might think that, that K-State is just kind of getting, you know, replacement level play from from their freshman quarterback, Will Howard, here going forward. Um, I, I think they think a lot higher of him than that. I think they've been pretty pleased by how it's gone so far. I don't know that the Kansas game gives you a whole lot of insight into what you can expect from him the rest of the year. It feels but, a little like when Skylar Thompson started playing as a freshman. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I think the kid gets it. I think he fits what they what they do. Um and you know, that's now Andy, that's an interesting one that that dovetails with what you've written about. So they were in on uh the great Chubba Purdy and mm-hmm. uh when they missed out on Chubba Purdy and he committed to Louisville, they they take Will Howard out of Pennsylvania, a kid that the uh in-state schools didn't really look at, but He's been he's been a good find for them so far. Yeah, I, I always like it when the quarterback dominoes fall. I, I had a story in Wednesday uh, about Michael Penix Jr. at That's Indiana, right. and and he's a guy who was committed to Tennessee. They change coaches, they don't want him, and all of a sudden the dominoes start falling, and he winds up in Indiana. And Indiana is very grateful for that. But yeah, it's it's just one of those things where sometimes sometimes people miss. Sometimes people don't see what's in front of their eyes, and. I think that may be the case with Will Howard. Well, look, it's and it's the case with Deuce Vaughn for sure. I wrote about him uh, today on The Athletic. Hope folks will check that out. Um, as Jason and I have talked about him much on the podcast, just one of our favorite dudes to watch all season long. So I got a chance to go to Manhattan, sit down with him. Super, super impressive kid. I mean, what a pleasure. Um, it, it, it's hard not to root for him, Andy. I, I don't know how much is you've he caught of him. Is tiny in person as he looks on TV? That is correct. I mean, he's sitting in a chair, so that, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. But yeah, and we 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 kept a good distance and mass and all that. But, I mean, but listen, he he's at the place where Darren Sproles played. Like we we've learned this lesson already. For we sure, should not and, be judging based on on height or or you know weight or anything else like that. Well, and that's the thing, you know. So he he's one of those players that he you know he'd go to camp at Baylor and Texas and and you know other in state schools because he's he's from down in the Austin area, and you know they already had their guys. Texas is always going to go sign the Bijan Robinsons of the world. You you get it, um, but he couldn't win them over. But Chris Kleiman watched the tape and and within four plays saw this is this kid's a playmaker no matter the size who that's because chris Kleiman comes from a recruiting environment at north dakota state where you don't worry about the the i don't think chris Kleiman has 24 7 bookmarked on his his, can you play football is is chris Kleiman's main concern because it has to be because you can't you can't have critical factors like that's what nick saban calls them where every corner must be six one or or taller it doesn't work that way when 
you have to worry about can you play football first, and then if you can get close to to the ideal size, fantastic. If not, you don't worry about it. Yeah, and that's the thing. The K State running back coach Brian Anderson, he didn't even he wasn't even totally sure if he should bring the tape to the staff because he he didn't know if they'd tell him, hey, look, we're a we're a two back downhill system. We don't this is not our kind of guy. Um, but the staff watched it and they saw that you know the thing that's impressive there. Um, and and the the reason why Deuce Vaughn went to K State over Arkansas too is because they told him, no, you're tailback and you're going to play our. We're not going to change our offense. You're not going to be a gadget player that gets a, a screen pass and a reverse and maybe returns a kick and gets three plays a game. They said you're you're a legit running back, and we've certainly seen it so far. Well, it, it, and if he'd gone to Arkansas, let's be honest, it wouldn't have even been fair because you'd have had him. And then on the other side of the ball, you got a uh, Hudson Clark, the walk-on DB from Dallas, who uh, who had three interceptions against Ole Miss. That just would have been completely unfair, pillaging the state of Texas <laughs> for the recruits that they don't appreciate. We're we're plugging some good stuff here, folks. You gotta you gotta go check out the Athletic because we are just we're just full of content this week, Andy. That's uh, right. That's right. I wrote about Hudson Clark and uh, and fellow former walk-on Grant Morgan. That's right. Um, man, Arkansas has been been fun. That that's been impressive to see. Um, I'm, well, fact- you know what? It, it's interesting that you mentioned that because there's a Big Twelve angle here. Okay, we, we were talking about Kansas earlier and how bad they've been. Okay, Kansas was good this century. Like Kansas won an Orange Bowl. Yep, this century. So it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that Kansas can be good at football. If Arkansas can suddenly turn around and not only be competitive, but I, I actually think they're pretty good mm-hmm. right now. Kansas can do it too, but you got to do it differently. You can't, you can't just say, I want to hire a coach because I've heard of him, which is what they did this time. They need to actually go find someone who can build that program, but it's not impossible. And I think that what, what Sam Pittman's doing in Arkansas is proving that. Like They were awful. Like They got run out of town by North Texas and Western Kentucky when Chad Morris was coaching them. So it is doable if you're Kansas. It is not the impo- we joke about it, but it really isn't as impossible as everybody makes it think. It makes it sound. No, you're right, and and you, you know, look, it 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 starts at the top there. Arkansas made, I think, by by all, you know, you and I loved it, but I think anyone else would call it an, an unorthodox hire. This is not yeah, people who don't follow the coaching staff, like who means what to what staff, would have had no idea that Sam Pittman was probably the most respected assistant coach in America. Like that, and and that he's, he's known as a fantastic recruiter. And so the things that he does well, if he could handle the game day decision-making part of it, which no one would know until he actually coached a game, he'd be fine. And that's, so that, that's what it will take to do what that same thing at Kansas is. You'd have to find somebody who can do that. Not, not someone who the line goes down when he's not going to show up. Well, and it's the same thing as, as, as coach Odell. So you, you, you also have to, be that guy that can hire the great coordinators and build something. And it's, it's, uh, this is just your one for Arkansas. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how, how their recruiting goes from here. Cause you can recruit at a top 30 level there. And that's a huge difference too. I just, Kansas, it just, it's going to take a lot more winning to get Kansas anywhere close to, you know, recruiting at a top, top 40 or 50 level. But, but again, you, on a you take the basis. same, you take the same tack that Chris Kleiman has taken. Yep. I want football players and I'm not going to worry how tall they are, or how much they weigh. You can find enough players in Texas, in Oklahoma, in the Midwest. It you actually have some pretty good football being played 
in Kansas City right now. Uh, there's good football in For the sure. state of Missouri and in, in general next door. So there are plenty of places that you can go and find those under-recruited guys, and it's not it's just not as impossible as, as we make it out to be sometimes, I think. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, oh, boy. Um, so, yeah, go read all that. Um, <laughs> go read about uh, Hudson Clark and Deuce Vaughn and all that, all that, all that great content in the athletic. Um, Andy, in terms of in terms of the, the rest of the games this week, Oklahoma's playing a night game in Lubbock. I think that, that always, that always spells fun. Um, and we've got TCU Baylor, which, you know, doesn't really have the buzz that it would have most years. Kind of, it, it's kind of a, that rivalry is kind of a throw out the records thing. Well, Baylor was clearly a lot other. better last year, but then almost found a way to lose that game in Fort Worth last time. Yeah, the schools absolutely hate each other, so you have that. For sure. But it doesn't – nothing about either of these programs right now excites me. You know, no, Baylor is still trying to kind of find what it is under Dave Aranda. I think a lot of that is the way this is all gone, no spring practice. And then Certainly. They couldn't play, you know. They've dealt with the it more than anybody. Play. Exactly. Yep. So I think I think that probably is is – Factoring in more than we think, it's it's just an incomplete so far for Dave Aranda. But we talked about TCU. There's there's not a lot of reason for buzz there. So you know, it's just one of those things. Like, well, one of them's going to win it, I guess. But <laughs> nobody's particularly excited about it. Yeah, I know it, it means more to the team that loses it maybe than the one that wins it uh, in, in some ways because uh, you, you're already starting to hear people ask about Charlie Brewer this week. I don't, I don't know that, that makes a ton of sense to make a change at Baylor. Uh, no, I think if, I, I don't. I think if Bohannon and Zeno were a lot that, better yeah. than what they're getting right now, they would have done so. I, I don't think that's necessarily the case here, and and it's probably you know look you gotta you gotta start up front there. They they're they're literally pretty much literally their entire offensive line has had COVID at, at some point in the past month here. So, uh, you know that's that's gonna slow down your development at a group that uh, that completely affects how you play offensively. Well, and that's the other thing is we're gonna have games down the stretch where teams look nothing like they looked at the beginning of the season. Yep. Because of all this stuff, because of a lack of spring practice, because of guys mispractice, because of COVID, you name it. There'll be some team that is floundering right now that will end on the hottest of hot streaks because they're just going to they're going to get everybody healthy. They're going to kind of figure out what they are and they're going to click and catch fire. I, I just don't know who that's going to be. Yeah, it's in, in this conference, it's there's, there's just going to be so many tight games that maybe you're going to see it, but maybe it won't show up in the results, too. You know? Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is is outside of the top two or so, it it is pretty evenly matched. Everybody everybody can be and, and at the bottom one, of course, but everybody's in contention in all those other games, and it is it is tough to judge sometimes because you might have a bounce here or a bounce there, and and you kind of kind of you have to look at it holistically. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a season where you played a bunch of close games. And you lost them all. You're probably a little better than than we think. Now, if if you have a season where you won a bunch of close games, and when you lost, you got blown out, you're probably a little worse than we think. Yeah, I think that's I think that's spot on. And we've talked about it a bunch in this podcast, just how many close games you end up in in the final three minutes in this league. So it's um, and and then we all you know we don't do a very good job of it generally speaking, but we all have to kind of recalibrate expectations just around all the stuff that comes with this season and and knowing that 
you may have a good team that loses three or four games, but you shouldn't have. You know? Seven and three is a pretty great year for most teams. <laughs> Absolutely. It really is at this point. So, yeah, don't don't feel bad if you hit loss number three. That, that doesn't mean. No, there will be tiebreakers. It's, it's going to get down to it here in December in, in the Big 12. So let's let's get to the week nine picks here. Um, I do have Jason's picks. Uh, Jason and I both went three and two last week, so I'm now 12 and seven. Uh, which I consider shameful. Jason's nine and ten. Uh, I think we can agree that's that's much worse. Um, Andy, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you in here, but we do have Jason's picks. So first game here, we talked about it a little bit. Um, Kansas State at West Virginia. West Virginia three and a half point favorite. Kersey is going to take Kansas State plus three and a half. He doesn't understand why this line is where it is. What can can you kind of? You think like as you said, is is Vegas giving us a hint here? I think they're giving us a hint, or it's a it's just disbelief in in Will Howard. Disrespect for the young man. Yeah, you look gonna, at like the, come out with the a chip SP on his plus shoulder. on K State is really really low still. Like they're just and they're, remember he's playing close to home. Yeah, that's 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 true. It's an easy trip for him. I there's still a pretty the, like the AP ranking is generous, but. The re- I mean the 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 stat folks the metrics don't love this K State team. No, I'm going to take West Virginia. I I, I think Ve- I am going to listen to what Vegas is trying to tell me. And the hook bothers me a little bit. If it were West Virginia by three, I'd feel a little more comfortable. Yeah, but I'm still going to take it because I feel like I should listen for once in my life. I'm God. It's that's a good pick. Um. I'm gonna go K State plus three and a half as well. Um, maybe it maybe it is three, and then I'll then I'll be happy. I'll take that. Um, I just I don't know. I I think K State is is in a good spot here in terms of having having the buy in than Kansas. It, it gives you a chance to to get your younger guys a little bit better and uh, and maybe get a little bit deeper. And you know I think West Virginia is gonna have some answers for them, but. Um, you know, I think K State. I think K State can get this done, and if they do, I think the hype on them is going to be pretty strong. But there's some really tough games ahead. Absolutely, but but it's, it'll be fun to have a you know undefeated in the conference K State in the back half of the season. I mean, that's, yeah. that's going to be that, that that will be very. That's fun not going to be. They're just never E-Mall a fun land. team to play against. You know, no. And that's they they could be. You know, I thought at the start of the season TCU was maybe the wild card team. We know now that's probably not the case, but if you think of wildcard team as the one that can kind of screw up the standings, um, that could definitely continue to be K-State. I don't know that they're screwing up. the. St- they just may be ascending to the point where they're playing for the championship. Could be. I, mean, could be. I, I feel like they've put themselves in, in as good a position as anybody to do that. So I, I'm with you. I agree with you. Next game, Iowa State is a 28.5 point favorite at Kansas. Uh, Kersey is, is taking the clones. Andy, what do you think? I I think if Iowa State weren't coming off a loss, I might have some hesitation about taking them to cover. But they they got to get the taste out of their mouths, and and no better place to do that than than Lawrence, Kansas. So I will take Iowa State minus twenty eight and a half. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that as well. Um, not, not much more needs to be said. I think I think Iowa State's probably in ass kicking mode this week, um, and so yep, that's that should be pretty easy for them. Uh, next one, TCU is a two and a half point favorite at Baylor. A little surprised by that. I know we haven't seen Baylor overall just very much this season, so it's still hard to kind of figure out 
um, you know, what's the ceiling on this team? What Kersey's taking TCU minus two and a half. What do you think? This is a complete guess because I mean, I watched a lot of the Baylor Texas game, but I still don't know what Baylor is. I watched Baylor and West Virginia. I'm not, I'm confused as to whether this is what they are or we haven't seen it yet because of all the stuff they've had to deal with. So I'm going to go with a little of we haven't seen everything yet, and I'm going to take Baylor. Okay. I like that. I it, it would be kind of funny if TCU's two Big 12 wins are Texas and TCU, which are kind of like always their Super Bowls every year, you know? Oh, Texas and Baylor? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Wait, what did, would, I, did I say that wrong? You said Texas and TCU. I'm, if don't TCU's worry, they, wins were Texas and They've beaten and themselves this season, too, so don't don't feel bad. That's right. That's right. Um, my bad. Um, it would be funny if those were the two games that the that fan base and Gary Patterson always care about the most are the ones that are the wins. But I, I was torn on this one because TCU kind of always shows up for this and always has good answers. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go TCU. I don't feel great about it, um, but I think we've seen the way they played against Texas. If that's kind of the the best version of them. Um, I think that probably would be better than Baylor this week. So I'm going to go there. I don't feel great about it. I think I think you may be on the winning side of that one, which, I mean, do we want to set up some kind of prop here, prop bet here, Andy? I mean, this has been kind of no, your specialty no. this year. I, well, you gotta. it's got to be organic. You have to figure out what you want to do. And, I mean, there would have to be some sort of thing you have in mind for me to eat or some sort of task that I would have to complete. <laughs> uh, my co-host on Fridays on the Andy Staples Show is Ari Wasserman, and we we got into this because Pittsburgh was 3 and 0. They were about to play NC State. NC State had just been crushed by a Virginia Tech team that was uh had basically had nobody playing. And so I thought, okay, there's no way Pitt loses this game. And Ari asked the question, is Pitt legit? And I said, yes, they are, cuz they do have some NFL guys in their D-line especially, and I thought, okay, this is the time. And Ari says, no, 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 no. As an experienced gambler, I must warn you, you can't touch Pitt with a 10-foot pole ever. <laughs> and I said, Ari, I'm not going to take the 14-point spread, but I will I will make a bet with you that Pitt will win straight up against NC State. And if I lose, I have to eat mayonnaise. And for those who don't know me, I think mayonnaise is the worst thing on earth. It is, it is awful. It tastes like despair feels, and it's just something Satan created to ruin your sandwich. And... So that was the bet, and you know what happened. Of course, NC State won. So I had to eat mayonnaise. We did it on the show. I, wa- I wasn't sure how it was going to work. I know, I know I've always hated it. I did not realize my body would step in to protect me from That's ingesting right. it. That's it right. It would not even allow it to pass into my esophagus. It, was, it, it, was, it, tell, it showed, I mean, you were really on, you're on great terms with your immune system. You know, your body knows... Uh, how to like shield you this. from horrible experiences. But but then, of course, I, I decided to double down, and I said we, we made a push-up, mostly because I wanted to make already do push-ups on the podcast, yeah. uh, about the Ole Miss-Arkansas game. I said it was going to hit the over at 76. It didn't even come close to the over because Ole Miss kept throwing the ball to Arkansas. Uh, so I had to do push-ups, which was not nearly as funny as Ari doing push-ups would have been. So now we have a bet. He, he took Minnesota last week. I took Michigan. I won that one. He swears he cannot chug dark beer, that bad, bad things happen to him when he tries to chug dark beer. So 
he will be attempting to do that. I will probably drink some out of sympathy, but mostly because I just you, you going an like, excuse to drink. Is he while drinking I work. a Guinness or what? A, a stout, a porter? What is he? What is he doing? He said fat tire, which is like it's not even that dark. Like that's not a dark. I'm, what is he doing? Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking a porter or a stout. That that's the way to go. And I also think that would probably go down smoother in a chugging situation. Yes. I realize it's heavy, but it's not as carbonated. So. Like a Guinness, is he just a cocktails guy? The, is that is that? I I think that's probably what we're dealing with. Shots here. and cocktails, yeah. Oh, I've seen the receipts. Shots of Fireball for sure. <laughs> we have receipts. Ari uh, Ari can throw it down with the best of them. Um, you're right. That does need to be organic. I don't want to put you in the corner here. I'm also just I don't have the heat and passion that Ari Wasserman brings of my convictions. You know, and so that's oh, yeah. he, he that's is, what puts you guys in, into these corners. He is here. right, and. Uh, so far, he usually is. Now, he was really wrong about Michigan this week, but he's got some deep-seated Michigan beliefs, and, and those, I think, are going to be challenged this season. Yeah, but, it is hard to shake him off those. Um, I think we've all seen uh, – well, we've seen the tweets, you know? Yes, yes. So we've got, we've got Texas and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State minus 3.5 at home. Oh, buddy. I don't know. You want to take Texas, don't you? Because you're like – I'm looking at the recruiting rankings. They should win this game every time they play, but they don't. Yeah, it's, you know, and the last time they went to Stillwater, Texas was rolling and you knew it was kind of time for the letdown game. Uh, and, and Oklahoma State did an awesome job of attacking them and just threw them off all night. You had, you had the classic uh, Gundy-Herman squabble at the end of that with Tom Herman running onto the field. Ah, oh, great times last time there in Stillwater. I'm going to take Oklahoma State minus three and a half. Um, Jason is doing the same with his pick. Um, it's not that I don't think Texas can be as good as Oklahoma State. We, you know, we're at this point in the season, Andy, with a lot of teams where it's kind of like, okay, we haven't seen the consistent result. So are you going to be the team? Are you a good team that hasn't been consistent? Or are you just not a very good team? You know, are you just av- like we? I, I saw that in being here in Lincoln. I saw that all year last year with Nebraska, where people were trying to figure out. No, this is a good team that just hasn't really totally put it together. No, it was just a bad team. Um, that's not the case with Texas. Texas is good. They're talented. I just don't think this is the week for them. I think Oklahoma State uh, is is just too confident. I think I think they've just got all the pieces they need to be really good right now, and and Texas just doesn't have that same kind of confidence. What do you think? I just looked at the weather because I wanted to see if the ice storm was still going to be hanging around. Like that's, if, that's a you know, fair, the fair ice ask. storm that's hitting our man Kersey, you know, if it's as it's floating to to the east, does it does it hang over Stillwater for a few days? It's not. Uh, it's it sounds like a beautiful day in Stillwater, high of sixty four, low of forty one. Uh, oh, I'd like with, that. We have snow without here, a cloud so in the sky. I'd like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's eighty nine here in Gainesville, Florida today. So uh, good count for your you. blessings. Yeah, good for you. No, it's not good. It's still really hot and humid, but. <laughs> So, I was going to jump all over Oklahoma State if there was an inclement weather situation, but there won't be. So, now I have a little bit, I'm a little bit more torn, but I still, three and a half, I will take Oklahoma State. I just think that the Ari Wasserman, Max Olsen, 24-7 talent composite aside, Oklahoma State's the better team. Yeah, I, I think that's... I think that's right. And look, part of it is uh, how you deploy them, right? And Texas is still trying to figure that out and, and and still trying to get consistent play. Oklahoma State, they know exactly what they're doing. They've been repping it for a couple of years now. Uh, this is the kind of game where that shows up. Last Big 12 game here, 
Oklahoma going to Lubbock against Texas Tech. Sooners are a 14-point favorite. Kersey is taking he's taking he's taking Texas Tech. He thinks OU will win, but he doesn't think they'll I, cover. I think that's a pretty good pick. I think that's what I'm going to do too. I you know, things get weird in Lubbock. You know how that goes. Yep. And Texas Tech uh, with Columbia, it's it's a, that offense is not the easiest thing in the world to deal with. It's he can run a little bit. Uh, you know, Oklahoma did, did look better on defense last week, but they've not been consistently good on defense. So yeah, I can see them winning this game, but definitely not covering a two touchdown spread. So I will I will also take Texas Tech to cover. Okay, I'll take Oklahoma. I kind of I just think that they're you know Rattlers. Since he got benched at Texas, I think Rattler has – things are clicking for him now kind of finally uh, with the way he finished that game. And then last week against a Gary Patterson defense, which you figure a freshman's going to make some mistakes against, um, he's playing at a really high level. And I just think – I don't know how much I trust that result from Texas Tech last week. They just – you know, I think we'd seen up until that point, they kind of looked like the number nine team in the Big 12. Um, and, and I kind of think we see that again this week here a little bit. Um, just because that defense just has ha- had such a tough time stringing together success week to week, so I'm going to take Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma by 14. But I get where you guys are going with it. Yeah, it, it's one of those things. It's it's really hard when you have a team that you think should definitely win, and, and this like this one screams backdoor cover, all kinds of craziness going on. So I, I don't. I'm flipping a coin. There, there have been be a bunch of times that. this season. I think I can say this. I don't think I'm betraying any trust here. There have been a bunch of times this season when Jason has texted me during an Oklahoma game and said they're going to lose this game. He's got a pretty good feel. Uh, and in the case of Iowa State and Kansas State, he was right. Um, he's got a pretty good feel for where they're at, I think. And so uh, intrigued by the pick he made. That Jason Kersey, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. We miss when him. He sees those guys in their jerseys. Jason Kersey. <laughs> He's, he's our very own Tyrod, I mean, uh, Tyrod Taylor. Yes, he is. We miss him this week. Uh, sorry, Jason couldn't be with us. Hopefully, um, you know, all of the, uh, the public services return here soon in Oklahoma City and, and folks that are dealing with that right now can, can get back to normal here soon. But, Andy, I appreciate you joining us and uh, enjoy the weekend, my friend. I will. It's going to cool down into like the 70s, so it's going to be glorious for Halloween. Oh boy, what's the costume? So I I don't know if I'm going to be able to top last year. I was I was cousin Eddie from Christmas Vacation. I I don't bear a complete physical resemblance to Randy Quaid, but we're we're shaped similarly. So that costume went really. The, the well. outfit that was worked, it was a plus. It, yeah, you it worked it. pretty well. This person I do not resemble physically whatsoever, but my lovely bride has done some incredible detail work on some of the props. So you've seen Ghostbusters, I assume. Of course. And you know when uh, when Rick Moranis' character becomes Vince Clortho, the <laughs> yep. herald of Gozer the Gazarian. Yep. That is me. Okay. And so my, my wife did a number on a colander with a bunch of wire from a Home Depot and a hot glue gun the other night. And no it way. is spectacular. Yeah. It's awesome. Oh my God. Are you, and your kids, are your kids doing all that too? My daughter is Peter Vinkman. Okay. My wife is going to be, uh, I'm going to be the key master. She's going to be the gatekeeper. She's going to be Beautiful. Zool. 
There is no Dana, only Zul. Dana Beautiful. is not my wife's name. That is Sigourney Weaver's character's name. Uh, <laughs> and then and then my son, who wants no part of what the rest of the family is doing, is going to be a plague doctor with the leather bird mask because he's all about being too soon. Wow. Okay. I, I Yeah, timely. Fair enough. Last thing, Andy, when you were a kid and you come home with the pail of candy, what's the, what's the number one candy? If you had that bougie house that gave out full-size Snickers... Greatest thing in the world. Whoa. Greatest thing in the world. There was one of those in my neighborhood last year. My kids came. Somebody's giving out full-size stickers. I'm like, it's so, not going to be us. Someone went to... It's never like, going to be us. Someone went to Costco to get their uh, their candy bars, the full-size? Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's exactly right. So uh, now I'm, I'm a Snickers, like fun-size Snickers. Um, I love a little bag of Skittles. Uh, the, the mini bags of gummy bears now are great. You could either... the Black Forest makes them now, and uh, Audibo makes them too, uh, but... I was always a Black Forest guy. Since they've gone organic, since they took whatever chemicals out, that were in them out, I'm not sure I'm a Black Forest guy anymore, which really breaks my heart. So whatever artificial slop you were putting in there before, please put it back. That's right. We, we, we need that back. Just like the McDonald's fries, you know, let's just keep it classic. Let's not, let's not get too, you know, the, the bag that we've been buying from Target is the one with, you got the Snickers, you get the mm-hmm. Twix, you yep. the M&Ms, That's and a then pretty the Starburst. Yeah, pretty strong bag from the M&M Mars company. Yeah. Starburst is good. Uh, that's one of those that when I had braces, I had to be a little bit careful with. Yes. But I do I do love Starburst. The the Skittles, though, are the ones that like, because it's one of those candies I rarely think about and don't hardly ever, I don't buy a lot of candy in general. Like when I crave something sweet, I get ice cream or something like that. I don't usually just buy candy. Right. But like when my kids come home with some Skittles and I grab a couple, I'm like, oh man, I forgot how much I love Skittles. You, that thing where you just put like a dozen of them in your mouth at once and just have a Absolutely. big white ball. Absolutely, and if you could get the red and purples together. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. good. Love it. Andy, thanks so much, man. Appreciate you joining us. Thank you, Max. Well, that was great. Big thanks to Andy for filling in this week. Sorry Jason couldn't be here. Hopefully he'll be he back next week to, to recap another wild weekend in the Big 12 Please subscribe to our show, One True Pod, on Apple or Spotify. Leave us a review and a good rating, and and find all of our stories on The Athletic. We mentioned a bunch of them today during the podcast. If you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, you can sign up now for $1 a month by going to theathletic.com slash one true pod. You don't just get the best college football coverage around. You get all of our sports coverage for that price. Be sure to take advantage, and we'll see you next week. (laughs) 